My name is John. I'm so thankful that you are here to worship us, whether online or in person. It's just an honor to get to share the Lord's Word with you once again today. I'm excited to start this brand new message series. Um, It's all about prayer. And uh, we've got a number of just exciting uh, weeks we're going to be, uh, be having here in this series. Today we're talking about how God wants to meet with us. God wants to meet with us in prayer. And think about it. The creator of all the universe, the alpha and omega, beginning and end, he cares about you. You, personally. The thing that's on your heart, that's heavy on your heart today, he knows and he cares The joys, the great things that happened this week, God knows about those. The things that you're you're concerned about for this week or the struggles that may come, he already knows. He's already there. He goes ahead of you, and he cares about you. He wants to meet with you. In prayer, we have this opportunity to build our relationship with God, to strengthen that relationship. And so we're going to devote a whole series uh, to talking about how we can do that more and more and more, how we can connect with God in prayer. Now maybe for some of us, this is something we do regularly, we've done for, for many years, and thanks be to God, it's continued to strengthen your relationship with Him. Uh, maybe for others, you'd say, I don't really pray at all. Isn't that what we have pastors for? Isn't that their job? Like, why are, why are they always trying to push that onto me, right? Well, wherever you're at on that spectrum, God wants to know you personally. He wants to talk with you. He wants to hear from you. You matter so much to God. And, you know, sometimes prayer can be an intimidating thing. Maybe you hear, like, big kind of flowery language, and you say, oh, I, I can't do that. I can't pray like that or sound like that. No, it's just God wanting to talk with you. And if you pray in kind of the, the King James language, that's fine. If that works for you, that's great. Uh, but maybe others don't. You know, I, I remember growing up, I, was, I went to a Christian school, and we had a principal. His name was Douglas J. Yoder. And he was just as exciting as his name sounds, you know. And I remember when he would pray in chapel, he would pray about things that I cared about, but he would use language, it was like King James, like I could barely understand him, right? He'd, he'd come up and he would stand before us and he'd begin to pray and he'd say something like, Our Father in heaven, today we humbly beseech thee, O God, asking that thou would... Bestow upon thy brethren in black and in orange (laughs) thy strength, O God, that as they go into battle, we know that thou goest before them, O Lord. We ask that thou would part the defensive line of the enemy as thou parted the Red Sea. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. (laughs) Some of you, you're like, I could leave right now. That's all I came for, right? Just wanted to pray they'd win. He already did. Great, awesome. I'm out of (laughs) here. Whatever language you speak to God in, he listens. He cares. He cares about the things that matter to you. And that's amazing. That is amazing. You know, if you look at your own prayer life, how would, how would you rate it? How happy are you with it? 
if you feel kind of sad or guilty about that, hey, know you're not alone. I read a study of 14,000 Christians done a couple years ago. Only 2% said they were very satisfied in their prayer life. And, and that doesn't mean we should just write it off. No, it means there's an opportunity, an opportunity to grow. And maybe if you don't pray at all now, what if you would, just this week, what if you'd say, you know what, God, I'm just going to set aside a few minutes when I wake up or when I go to bed or on my lunch break or whatever it is for you, I'm going to set aside three minutes and meet with you. It's a great start. It's a great start. Or maybe if you're doing that kind of thing, what's the next thing that God's calling you to do to grow in your ability to pray, to speak with God? What would it take for you to become more committed to real, heartfelt prayer? Not just a a recitation of things you're not really thinking about, but really giving yourself to God in a relationship, wanting to meet with him, wanting to meet with the creator of the universe. What would that take? Because as your prayer life grows, so does your knowledge of God and, as your, and, and your relationship with God. And as your relationship with God grows, so does your ability to relate to others, to love others, to care about others, to serve others. Because we love God, we love others. They, they go hand in hand. And so growing in our prayer life will change your life. It's not just something you do a few minutes a day. No, it's something that changes us. When we meet with God, it changes who we are. It helps us to become more and more like him, helps us to become more and more made into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's such a great way to invest your time and your energy. Simply put, prayer is talking to God like you'd talk to a friend. Even though God is more than just a friend, he's the creator of the universe, he also cares about you just like a friend cares about you. And you know, maybe for you, you say, well, I, I don't know how to pray. What, what do I say? What do I talk about? I'm not sure. We've got a pretty simple acronym. In fact, I think we gave this to you in your bulletins or whatever as you were coming in. Uh, it's pretty easy to remember. It's P-R-A-Y, right? So that seems to make sense. And, and uh, you can, as you pray, you can go right through these kind of areas. The first one is praise. We start by praising God. What would it look like if you started by telling God how good God is? I mean, I think oftentimes we start off our prayers and it's kind of more like we say, God, um, We've got a number of things to go over that I need you to get working on. You might want to take a list, make notes. There's a few things. I don't want you to forget any, okay? Almighty one. Uh, and it's all right to ask, God, thing, ask things of God. We should, in fact. Uh, spoiler alert, that's one of the next letters you might have guessed. But what if we started by praising God? Just telling God how good he is. God, I just praise you because you woke me up today and, and I get to, to put my feet on the floor and to have another day of, of, of breathing and being alive and serving you and knowing you. And I praise you because uh, you've blessed me and you've given me a church to come to or you've given me a, a warm house to wake up in on a cold day or whatever it is for you, just to praise God, to thank God, to tell God how good God is. It's an awesome way to start off. Then second, we repent. All of us sin, we all mess up, and, and we fall short of God's glory and God's call. And so we need to repent, to confess our sins to the Lord. Because when we confess our sins, the Bible tells us, He's faithful and He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So, so God, I'm, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I'm sorry for these ways that I, I fell short. 
it's a great thing to to do. Maybe at the end of the day, God, here's some ways that I fell short today, and I just need your forgiveness. And in fact, God, would you help me to turn? That's what repentance is, saying, God, I want to turn. I want to be different. Would you help me to live for you in these areas more and more? We do that. We receive God's grace and forgiveness. And instead of, of feeling guilty and ashamed, you can feel loved and accepted that you are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. That because Jesus went to the cross, that you can experience the forgiveness of God. It's an amazing thing. It's not a shame-inducing thing. It's a shame-releasing thing when we confess our sins to God. Next, we ask. We bring our requests to God because He cares. He cares about the things that are on our hearts. So He invites us. The creator of the whole universe invites you to make your requests known to God. That's pretty awesome. And it's not because God doesn't know and needs to be informed. No, it's because God wants to meet with you, to hear from you, to hear it straight from your heart. What is it that you're asking for? And finally, why we yield to God. That means to submit our will to God. God, regardless of the outcomes, I give myself to you. I I give myself to you, God, because I trust you, because you are good, you are holy, you are righteous, your ways are better than my ways, and and I want to give myself to you this day. So God, would you take me and would you use me today for whatever it is you want? Would you help me to have open eyes and open ears to hear your voice, to hear your word, and to obey your call? That's one acronym. It's not the only way to pray, but if you don't have a way, that's a great way. And if, if you're not praying at all, Take that thing, take that card, put it somewhere you'll see it at the same time every day, and commit like three minutes a day to that. Some of you, you might commit like an hour to it. That's great as well. Whatever God's calling you to do, do it. He wants to meet with you. One of the most intriguing things about Jesus is that Jesus, while he's here on this earth in his ministry, really a three-year ministry that he had, he devoted substantial time to pray. And I think that's amazing because three years is not a long time to say, change the whole world, right? And yet Jesus knew that he needed his time with the Father. In this holy mystery, God the Son needs to talk with God the Father. Jesus would get away from the crowds, he'd get away from those disciples, and he would just spend time with God. In fact, that's the thing he was doing when he was arrested the night he would give his life, or the night before he would give his life for you and for me. He was praying. He was praying. That's how important prayer is to Jesus. Well, once Jesus was praying, and his disciples, they, they, saw, they saw him praying, and, and when he finished, uh, they asked him this question. They said, Lord, would, would you teach us to pray like John the Baptist taught his disciples? And so he did. He gave him this example. Luke gives us kind of a simplified example of what we find in Matthew 6. He says, Lord, or excuse me, he says, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. It's, it's kind of like the, the shortened version here, right? And it's a model, an example for us to follow. And so Jesus gives us this example, and of course that's why we pray this in here uh, each and every Sunday, because it's an example straight from Jesus. And then right after that, the very next verse, Jesus decides to share with us um, a couple uh, little stories 
to help us to understand prayer more. And, and they're really interesting little stories. He starts off uh, by telling the story of a guy who's caught in a really bad situation. Verse 4, excuse me, uh, verse, verse 5. Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has, on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked, and my children and I are in, in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus says, I tell you. Even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks will find. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, at first glance, this story is kind of troublesome, if you think about it. I mean, there's this guy who, he's got this problem that a guest has dropped in on him like at, at midnight. I don't know if many of your friends show up at midnight. If so, you might need to get some different friends. I don't know. But at least, they, like, what are they doing showing up expecting dinner? Well, you've got to understand in their culture that hospitality is a central thing. So somebody showed up at your house, even at midnight, you want to be able to feed them, to provide for them, to celebrate the fact that they're, they've arrived. So it's an odd situation for us, but even more so for them, because they didn't have street lights and headlights and all that stuff, so people didn't usually travel much after dark. But for whatever reason, this guy has shown up in the middle of the night, his, and his friend wants to provide for him, but he realizes he's all out of bread. It's going to be hard to make a meal without bread. That's a staple in their culture. And so he thinks, who might have some bread? I, I know, my buddy right down the street, right? You know, I'm going to just go, and I'm going to ask him. Maybe he's got some extra bread from today. So he goes down the street, knocks on the door, says, hey, you won't believe what happened. This guy showed up. I need three loaves of bread. Do you have any left over? And you see the guy's response. It's not overly positive, you know? He doesn't call him friend, notice. <laughs> He's a little crabby waking up. He goes, don't bother me. My kids and I are in bed. The door's locked. I can't, I can't get up and get bread for you. What are you doing bothering me in the middle of the night anyways? Now, as excuses go, this one is like totally lame, let me tell you. I mean, his excuse basically is, I can't get up and get the bread that I have here, even though you need it, because I might wake up the kids. And that's the excuse that he's yelling at you through the door, right? You know what also might wake up the kids? Yelling at your neighbor. So we've already woke up the kids. Just give them the bread, right? And you're thinking, man, are you serious? Like, I, we're friends. Why wouldn't you just do this little thing for me? If you've got, why wouldn't you loan this to me. I mean, don't you remember last week when, like, your camel was broke down and I helped you fix it? I don't, what do you do with a broken down camel? I don't know. But, but, but why would you not do this for your friend? Jesus says, eventually he will, but not because of your friendship, because of your shameless audacity to come out in the middle of the night and ask him this question. Jesus will do that for you. And we say, you know, Jesus, 
is this really, this really the best you could come up with to tell us who God is? I mean, this doesn't seem like the best of all examples. I, I feel like that prodigal son story was a little more of a winner for you. Maybe you should stick to that one. I, I don't know. But then Jesus continues, and he gives another illustration. Verse 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? <laughs> or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? That's weird stuff, don't you think? I, I mean, that's like call Department of Children and Family Services kind of stuff. Oh, you're hungry? Let's see what dad got from the lake. Oh, it's a snake. Don't get bit. Sorry about that. That's, who would do that? That's not, <laughs> joke's on you, kid. I don't know what to say. That's not even a dad joke, right? It's not even funny. It's not even a great practical joke. It's just weird. Like, Jesus, is this, is this who God is like? A crabby neighbor or a weird dad? Then Jesus gives the punchline. Don't miss it. It's really important. Verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Three key words there. How much more? And now we get it. Jesus is not saying that God is equated to this lame friend who won't get out of bed for you. Or Jesus is not like this weird dad with a bad sense of humor. No, this is what people are like. People will eventually get tired of you knocking on the door so they'll give you the bread so you'll go away and they can go back to bed. People, what parents want to give gifts to their children. No father would do that kind of thing. That's absurd, right? If your kid's hungry, you'd give them food if you can. If your kid needs something, you do your best to meet that need. You don't give them everything they want, but you give them what they need. That's just what a good parent does. That's basic. How much more will your father in heaven do that? That's the, the point of these stories. It's not a comparison through equality. It's, it's a contrast to see the difference. It's kind of like this. Let's say that you went to your grandkids or your kids' uh, peewee football game, right? You'd never been much of a football fan, but you went there and, and you saw this and like your life was changed. You're like, wow, this is an amazing game. Where has this been all my life? I just love the action and excitement of peewee football. Wow. And you're sitting by somebody there in the crowd who says, are you serious? Because here's what you need to do. Come over to my place about 3 o'clock this afternoon, and we'll watch the Bengals together, and it will blow your mind. If you think the little guys are good, the big guys, they hit a lot harder, let me tell you. How much more? If you like peewee football, how much more are you going to like the NFL? And this is our God. If, if you can enjoy meeting with humans, if you can enjoy receiving from humans, if you can enjoy relating to humans, how much more with your heavenly Father? If humans want to do things for us, if humans want to give good gifts, how much more our heavenly Father? Because your heavenly Father is always listening, always loving, always caring, always gracious, 
always forgiving. He never gives up on you. He never forgets about you. He never gets hangry. He never gets tired and ignores you. He never, no, he's there 100% of the time, always loving, always caring. That is our God. And he wants to meet with you. He invites you to meet with him. The scriptures tell us so much about prayer. Just a few things. Psalm 121, you can pray to him anytime, day or night, because the word says that he never sleeps or slumbers. He's not like that lame friend. He's always on call, ready to listen, ready to hear, ready to meet you. 1 Peter 5, you can cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He knows everything in the world, and yet the stuff that matters to you matters to him. That's amazing. Psalm 69, you can know that God is always listening to you. Psalm 102, when you're hurting, God answers your prayer. You came here today maybe with a heavy heart, with pains, with suffering, with difficulty. God cares. He hears. He answers prayer. Or maybe you're like Jonah who ran away from God, right? And Jonah 2 assures us that when you've been running from God and you feel like you're at your wit's end, you can know that God is listening to you. Right there where you're at, God listens. You may feel like you're too far away, that you've messed too much up, that God's not, he just has tuned you out. Nope, you're not in the belly of the whale, and he even listens to people there. God cares. He hears you. Romans 8, when you feel weak and you don't even know how to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for you. You can come before God and say, God, I don't even know what to say. Pray with me. God meets us right there. Philippians 4, when you don't feel peace in your life, you can pray and God will give you a peace that is greater than your understanding. A peace that doesn't even make sense sometimes. That's what God wants to give to you. Those verses are just the tip of the iceberg. Just what I can share in just a few minutes. Hear me, friends. I'm sure that when we get to heaven and when we're in the presence of God and when we're getting to meet with God face to face, I'm sure that we will wish we had spent more time in prayer before. Say, this is incredible. And you're telling me that this same God was always there to listen to me and to talk with me. I should have had a few more conversations. Some of us, we've, maybe we've lost a, a parent or another loved one or a spouse, and we do anything for another conversation. God's there, always there. He loves you and he cares for you. And he'll meet you even in that pain and that hurting. He cares so much about you creator of the universe. You matter to him. So I've been talking a bunch about prayer, and it's, it's great to talk about it, but how ridiculous would it be to do a series on prayer and not actually practice it, right? Like, you know, if you ever had class growing up, right, and they give you time to, like, do your homework in class? Well, we're going to do that today, okay? So you're going to leave here with this great sense of accomplishment, like, I've already done my homework for the day. That's great. But seriously, we're going to spend some time in prayer. And 
in fact, as we were planning the service, we, we really felt God kind of laying on our hearts to, to challenge you in a, in a little different way than we usually do. But I should really say to, to invite you to do something new. And it's an invitation, not a demand, okay? But I want to invite you, if you'd consider, to pray with one or two people around you. And some of you are like, yes, this is awesome. I really, I love praying for our people. I love receiving prayer. I, I wondered when he'd finally ask, right? Others of you, you're like, oh no, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. I, this was not part of the agreement when I walked in the door today, okay? Others of you, you're, you're at home and you're like, well, it's just me, so I feel left out in all of this, right? Like, Hear, hear me, you don't have to pray with someone else. You can pray right where you're at. God will meet you there. It's powerful. It's real. That's fine. So if, you don't ha- if you're not with somebody else at home or if you don't feel like praying with somebody else and somebody asks you, you can just say, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to pray on my own. And they're not going to pressure you. They're not going to judge you. If they do, tell me. I'll put them in time out, right? I'm wearing the robe. It's special authority. So it won't happen. Okay, but we're going to just invite you to pray with somebody around you. We're going to take about five minutes, and, and I want you just to ask them a simple question. How can I pray for you? And, and maybe there's something on your heart that you'd be willing to share with them, or maybe it's for somebody else in your life. That's just fine, too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's something that is just so, like, just kind of painful, and you're not sure you're ready to share yet. You can just say, you know, I, I've got an unspoken request. Could you pray for that? You bet. Because God, he's the one we're praying to, to. He knows what's on your heart. He knows what you need. So we're going to take about five minutes, and we're just going to do that. I invite you. You can move around if you want to. Get with one or two or three other people. And again, if you're just not comfortable doing that, it's okay. Just bow your head and pray right where you're at. But God wants to meet with us, and, he, and, and I believe that there's power in prayer. So we're going to do that together. So Lord, as we continue to pray. We give ourselves to you, and we give you praise, knowing that when we pray, you hear us, that when we give our lives to you, that you change us, and that you empower us to be used by you. Lord, I pray that you would shape our hearts, our minds, our our will according to your will, God, that that when we go out from this place in a few minutes, Lord, that we would truly be instruments of your love and grace and peace in this world around us. God, thank you for the countless gifts you've given us, the countless blessings. Lord, would you use us to be a blessing to others? Lord, we love you so much, and we pray this all in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
that's the love of our Father, the love of a perfect Father. And we, if, if human parents can love well, imagine how much your Heavenly Father loves and cares and wants to meet with you. As we prepare to go today, we have our prayer partners who would love to pray with you. And I know we just prayed, but that doesn't mean we need to be done. Maybe God's laid something on your heart that you would like to continue to receive prayer for. Or somebody you'd like to come forward and pray for. Uh, they'll be here after the service as, as long as, as is needed uh, to pray with you. Because, because God wants to meet with you. And God is going to meet with you this week as you continue to give yourself to him in prayer. As you continue to give your heart to him in prayer. So let's go forth and do that. Let's go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.